Hi, I'm Flo from Progressive. Being a baseball fanatic like me can be stressful. It's not all sports points and touchdowns. So Progressive is going to help you take your mind off your team for a moment. Instead of thinking about how they missed that goal point score, think about the Name Your Price tool from Progressive letting you choose coverage options based on your budget. Unlike your team that missed the end zone net area. Well, anyway, hope this distraction about Progressive's Name Your Price tool was helpful. It sure kept me from thinking about all those penalty balls. Yay, sports! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. There's great news during the pandemic. The new Hypermax oxygen system is here. Doctor approved, clinically tested, at-home oxygen for improved health, fitness, and especially your immunity. Go to HypermaxOxygen.com. See how 300% more oxygen purity works wonders in only 15 short minutes. You're home anyway, so why not build your immunity and much more? HypermaxOxygen.com. That's HypermaxOxygen.com. The outcome of an opioid emergency may depend on a quick response. Accidental overdose can happen anytime, even if the opioid pain medicine is prescribed. Due to COVID-19, emergency services could be slower to arrive. Get prepared. Get Naloxone, a potentially life-saving reversal agent with no prescription directly from your pharmacy. Having Naloxone available allows you to respond first, not a substitute for emergency medical care. Learn more at opioidsafetyplan.com. That's O-P-I-O-I-D safetyplan.com. This is the Cubs-related podcast presented by CubsInsider.com. My name is Corey, and as always, I am joined by Brendan. We are coming to you on—you are probably listening on a Monday afternoon. We are recording this on Sunday afternoon as the Cubs— are in the midst of battle with the Chicago White Sox out in Mesa, Arizona. We will touch on all things spring training as we talked with you guys last week. We get the debuts of all five members of the Cubs starting rotation. As we are recording this, we also got uh, bonus starts in that regard from John Lester and Hugh Darvish going Sunday afternoon, so we will talk about those as well, and we will touch on anything else going on out in Cactus League play in the Arizona sun. First, Brendan, I'm going to mention, since we talked about it basically ad nauseum for the last uh, four to five months, Bryce Harper signed with the Philadelphia Phillies on a 13-year contract for an awful lot of money. It's an interesting contract, uh, not necessarily the AAV many of us would have expected, but it's a lot of mm-hmm. years. But Brendan, I'm going to posit this to you. Okay. If you're amenable to it, feel free to uh, take the rein okay. here and disagree. But I am going to suggest that we begin today's episode by talking about the Chicago Cubs starting rotation and their debuts from this past week. 
And I suggest that because this is the Cubs-related podcast, as I said at the outset. And even though we talked about it a lot, there was a lot of rumor and innuendo throughout the offseason, Bryce Harper is not a Chicago Cub and therefore not really relevant to us anymore. Not Cubs-related. wish him farewell. Yes, we wish him farewell in Philadelphia. It was... uh, I don't know if I would call nope. this offseason fun, but it was yep. something. And, you know, he'll join the likes of uh, Brian Roberts and Ooh. Jake Peavy of, of guys soon, that man. <laughs> were imagined as Cubs, but it just doesn't happen. So uh, are, are, are you with me on that? Can we start with please, uh, the Cubs please rotation? Do, I am 1,000% done talking about Bryce Harper on this podcast unless it is the Cubs playing against Bryce Harper. Rib it off like a Band-Aid, man. That's it for us. Yeah, so so that is it. So I think let's jump right into this. I think the first thing I'm going to do, uh, kind of getting back into, kind of getting back let's into go. mid-season form here. I've got my box scores up, Brendan. Uh, and let's just look at what the Cubs starters do in these first uh, few starts. So John Lester getting the ball first of, of the main group on Monday He goes two innings, allows no hits, no runs, one walk, and three strikeouts. Yu Darvish makes his debut the next day. He goes one and a third, one earned run, two runs, four walks, no strikeouts, was sitting around 94 to 95 and touching 96 in this first effort. I will point out, well, we'll get into it a little more, uh, but listening to Len Casper on the radio during this game. He said that Udarvish uh, was close in his command. And as we, I think, kind of laid out in that last episode, you know, first start of the spring, if everything isn't uh, as finely tuned as you want it to be, that's okay. Health, velo, and, you know, just general state of being, I think, are are really what we're concerned about here in the early going. Uh, Cole Hamels making his debut the next day. He goes two innings, allows two hits, no runs, no walks, no strikeouts. An interesting note to point out there that Wilson Contreras is the catcher in this game. You may remember that Cole Hamels worked, I believe, I don't want to say exclusively because I'm not remembering exactly, but primarily with Victor Caratini uh, during his time with the Cubs last season, and they had very good numbers together. So interesting to see that Wilson was the one getting the start here. Uh, Kyle Hendricks going the next day, two innings, two hits, no runs, no walks, and one strikeout. And Jose Quintana wrapping it all up, two innings, one hit, no runs, no walks, and one strikeout. And I think the velo readings were good on Quintana. I know Brendan will want to touch on that more, the velo and uh, the changeup usage. Uh, we did have, I'm pulling up John Lester from yesterday, but we did have John, uh, excuse me, you Darvish go, as Brendan and I are recording this on Sunday afternoon, uh, the most recent start. You may be listening to this while the Cubs are playing on Monday, but this is uh, as current as we can get in the podcasting world. You Darvish going two innings, no hits, no runs, one walk, and three strikeouts against the White Sox. On Sunday, he did get Eloy Jimenez to ground out. I, I think that a matchup that maybe everybody had their eye on. And again, you Darvish sitting in the mid-90s touching that wonderful, wonderful number, Brendan, Love of it. 96, which is always yes. good to see. And then again, on Saturday afternoon, John Lester making his second start 
of the spring. He goes three innings this time, allows three hits, two earned runs. That was a two-run home run to Travis Shaw, one walk, and three strikeouts. And I actually want to start there, Brendan. (laughs) If you'll forgive me, I'd like to start with John (laughs) Lester, uh, if, if that's all right. And I just wanted to point to a conversation that he had. I believe this video was shared by Mark Gonzalez of the Chicago Tribune, where he talked about that home run to Travis Shaw, and he basically said that he threw him another fastball in that count, fell behind in the count, and threw a fastball. And he pointed out to Mark Gonzalez in this post-game chat that in that spot during the regular season, maybe you approach that differently. But in this particular instance, this early in spring training, he wanted to work on fastball command. So we've talked about this before, that some of these spring numbers are not really things you want to read into. If you're watching the performances, you know, certainly you can evaluate these things and see how things are going. You want the velos to be good as we progress, <laughs> right, John I like Lester? I think in, in that first start, maybe... <laughs> Well, I'm trying to calm you, can, you yeah, down. You I can, can feel you. Can you. I, I knew that, you know, John Lester, I think, you know, was, was sitting yeah. 89-90 in, in that first start especially. So I knew uh, that you uh, were I on literally am on the edge of my seat it's, right now, yes. Okay. It's it's a process. They're they're building up. John Lester's uh-huh. a thirty five year old man. He's not necessarily gonna come uh guns a blazing in, in, okay. in the first start of the spring. But I just wanted to start there because I think that Lester talking about that Shaw home run was a good reminder of something that I we've touched on before, that you never know what these guys may be out there working on. John Lester, again, alluding to, I wanted to get my fastball command yeah. down. That's what I am focused on right now this early in spring. So I threw Travis Shaw a fastball. He said, I thought I made a good pitch. He put a good swing on it. And sometimes that happens, but it's it's just a reminder to not necessarily look at yeah. the the earned runs or the walk totals, really really anything uh, in particular, because we just don't know exactly what they're doing. And it reminds me, Brendan, um, and I think a, a good point to transition on to Quintana with this changeup, because this is a pitch that he has talked about all off season as wanting to use more. He said, uh, I think it might've even been this week that it's hard to be a two pitch pitcher. It was kind of quoting Brendan almost, wow. uh, hard to be a two pitch pitcher. And I want to get that changeup involved more. And I think that's a good parallel to what we were just talking about with Lester, because that's an example of something where if Quintana goes out there and he's thinking, I need to get this changeup down, he may throw way more changeups in some of these games than we might end up seeing yeah. in the regular season, even if it's increased usage. But it's just an example of if they've got something to be working on, they may be going to that well over and over and over again. So, you know, the the overall results not super important. Again, I, I think the focus here is everybody during this week was healthy. Uh, we were getting, I think, pretty good velo readings all around, certainly some better than most. Um, Darvish, you know, touching 96 regularly is extraordinarily exciting. Uh, but everybody's healthy. Everybody looks good. Everybody's working on what they want to be working on. So all told, I'm uh, pretty pleased with this. But I think uh, I'm curious your thoughts on Quintana in particular, just because he's been let's call it a, a, a source of um, something for you. I'm not sure the exact Dissati- word. I'm I'm, I don't even know if there's word. a right word you for it. You and Quintana have an interesting yeah, I don't know if there's a right word for it, but I- I'm sitting there watching Quintana's start, and it was noticeable what he was trying to do. So the, the total number of pitches 
that he threw in that start was 29, I believe. Of those 29 pitches, seven of those were changeups. So it's almost like a 25% split. So once every four pitches, he was throwing a changeup. And the fact, like, first off, that's great that he's doing that. But the fact that he's openly talking about not wanting to be a two-pitch pitcher is huge. And yeah, that is kind of like what I was hoping for, for not even this, this offseason. Like, even since we got him, I'm looking at those splits, I'm like, man, I don't know if he can age this well with only two pitches. And so for him to incorporate that into his scheme and work on that is exciting to see. And overall, I mean, like, what more could you have asked for this week with all the Cup starters? No one got injured. All the velo readings were, you know, well within normal range. I know Lester was 89, 90, but, you know, even last year and early on. Don't worry. What's that? He'll you know pick it up as the season yeah comes close. What, what, what i was saying too is like even in the early going of last year like he averaged 90 but he was in between 88 to 91 so and as the year went on he started to get a little bit higher velocity readings as well so i'm not really concerned about lester um but like despite quintana being so encouraging Corey, darvish is a story here the, like yeah. that is i mean come on what more do you guys want to see he's coming back he is saying every single thing you want him to say. He's talking to the media in English, no interpreter, and he's going out there and throwing 96 with regularity in the midst of his rehab. He's not even fully ready yet. So um, I am so stoked to see what Darvish does this year. I know I've written a lot about him on CubsInsider.com, but if he is anywhere near close to 100%, and the Cubs can rely on Darvish for 180 to 190 innings. I keep saying this every episode, but that is huge. That is exactly the price you paid last year. And if you can get that same type of value for what you paid for this year and going forward, it changes the, the dynamic of everything. So I think overall, look, there's a lot of encouraging aspects with the pitching rotation. But I think Darvish is right, right now the, the most important one. You know, if Hamels goes out there... If Q goes out there and Lester goes out there and they, you know, just don't get injured, that's all I care about. But if Darvish goes out there and he keeps throwing 96, 97 maybe in some games, that's a huge indicator of where he is at during his rehab, Corey. 100%. Yeah, I know it's uh, a drum that we've been beating kind of relentlessly over the last few weeks here, but... I think it's that important, and you know it, it does parallel. Chris Bryant hits another home run Sunday afternoon. Two home runs, I think yep. those two, oddly enough, are really paired in terms of how we look at you know how successful this Cubs team will be in 2019. Uh, Chris Bryant going out there and being Chris Bryant, hitting home runs with a healthy shoulder, and you Darvish being a you know, even just a normal, productive member of this rotation, it it really changes, uh, I think, the outlook of this team. And yeah, this this start against the White Sox on, on Sunday, Brendan, is an exciting one for you, Darvish. Um, you know, he only goes two innings again. So I think the obvious next step in kind of being comfortable with all this is seeing him uh, get up to more innings, right. more pitches, and, you know, making sure that the next day and everything, everything's feeling fine. Yeah. Um, but to this point, we really have gotten no indication that there is any reason really to worry 
about his health at the current juncture, um, other than, you know, just past injuries and, and things like that. You know, you kind of uh, always worry about that. But in terms of this particular rehab, this injury, and his preparedness for 2019, everything seems to be full steam ahead. And this start was much better than that first one. Obviously, only one walk compared to four, and generating a good amount of swings and misses, which is always, uh, I think, something to look at even in the spring, are you throwing pitches that guys are attempting to hit and they cannot? That's uh, <laughs> typically a good thing. You know, Brendan, that's uh, kind of <laughs> that's uh, how baseball special works insight here, yeah, into how, to ba- how baseball works. Yeah. Uh, if you're a pitcher, you don't want the guys to hit the ball. But yeah, I, I, I'm excited by this start and his, his, the, the regularity with which he's sitting in the mid nineties is also, I think, really attention grabbing just for these first couple starts. We're, we're, we're hearing that, you know, he's, uh, it looks like his repeatability and, and just what he's doing out there is consistent, at least through these first couple starts. A lot of 94s, a lot of 95s and touching 96 with regularity. Yeah. That's exciting. Oh, and he's, and, and he's again, also uh, he he changed his delivery a little bit. Mm-hmm. I, I forgot who posted this, but it was really insightful. And Hadivy was talking about speeding Darvish up, which I found interesting because we know we've seen Darvish over the last at least two to three years have an extremely deliberate delivery to home yeah. plate. Right, like he's so much on that backside. He's slow to the dish, and Hadvi said he's speeding him up because sometimes when you go that slow, just a little bit of a hiccup in your delivery will mess up your command, or so or so Hadvi thinks, right? So just watching Darvish and some of those highlights that we have, it's hard to tell because they're not you know fully behind the center field view that we're used to seeing, but he does look faster. So you combine that with successful rehab, a slight little change in his delivery. It's just so encouraging, Corey. This is, it could not, this rehab could not be going any better than I imagined even going into the spring training. So it's huge. It's, it really is. Yeah. And, you know, like you pointed out, doing the interviews in English, he seems more confident. He's talked about feeling more comfortable in the locker room, in the city, with the teammates. It, it just seems like a good situation right now. Yeah. So, you know, again, we've got a, a, a long way to, you know, to a degree, a little over three weeks here, uh, basically until the regular season rolls around. So we've got, you know, more starts to keep an eye on. And like I said, uh, you know, now that next step is is ratcheting things up to three, four, five, six innings, and then ultimately, you know, just being ready to go out there and toss 100 plus pitches every five days. Um, but things look good. I think that, you know, we, we, we looked at this week as one of the, I guess, kind of hallmarks of spring training, one of the, one of the big uh, benchmarks, I meant to say that we get to see the the main pitchers start going we get to see them getting into the regular routine and giving us results that that we can uh look at and again you know everybody looking healthy looking good um you know we're 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 going to need John obviously to tick up a little bit in terms of that velo but you know That's I think like the third time you mentioned that you're you're concerned about that I just don't want you, you to accuse heard, you me said of I haven't it. said it one time yet. You've said it like four times. I know you're times. thinking it. You you're you're um you you influence. How do you me, know then, how you do know? you know what I'm thinking? I'm sitting here, I'm calm, I'm sipping on water. I have not said this velocity one time. It's the third or fourth time you said it. 
I'm just trying to <laughs> you you've you've turned me into a warrior. Wow, you're worried about it. Okay. You know it's okay, Corey. It's natural to worry about things. But I it's gonna be okay. He did this last year. He's thirty five, he's working on things. As long as he's healthy, don't worry about it. Yeah. And you know, I think at least in this first week, I, I did really get the feeling, um, and this is something that I've said I think routinely this off season. I like this rotation a lot. I think that even early on in the off season, I was pretty quickly on that uh, on that stance of I'm into this rotation. I know it doesn't have the, you know, maybe Jacob deGrom type where we can expect one of these guys to put up a one and a half ERA and, you know, or something like Jake Arrieta in 2015. But I think the floor for this group is high, and that to me is a good thing. You know, you yeah. kind of, you know, you may have those super high ceiling guys, and maybe the Cubs don't have that. Though I think, you know, a healthy U Darvish, a Kyle Hendricks can definitely sneak into that. No, I think I think I think the ceiling is U Darvish because again, if he's mm-hmm. healthy for 180 to 200 innings, then his his ceiling is like a top 10 pitcher. You know, like yeah. He has 10 pitches, Corey. Let's not remember. Let's not forget that. 10 freaking pitches. So, yeah, his ceiling is among the best in the league, in my opinion. Right. So, but but just watching these guys this week, you know, it was, and even just, you know, reading through these box scores, you know, we, we didn't have anybody, you know, striking out every batter they faced or doing anything insane, but it's just like, good start from Lester, good start from Hamels, good start from Darvish, good start from Q, good start from Hendricks. We're, forget- and that's we're, kind we're of- forgetting one other person, Corey. Oh, I'm going to get there. Okay. This is making sure. Don't worry. This is making sure. Because I do want to talk about gonna, that. Believe it or not, I want to talk there. about him. <laughs> don't worry. I, I've got that. I've got that on the docket okay. here. Don't, don't okay. you fret. Okay. But I, I just, I'm I'm happy with this rotation yeah. right now. And, and I think that that is what I've been kind of expecting once we go into the season. Again, obviously, health you know, needs to be there. And I hope that one or two of these guys do vault to that ceiling and, you know, compete for the Cy Young and, and put up numbers that we're, you know, digging into on a, on a weekly basis. But this week, I, I really, that, that confidence in me just bumped up a bit, just that I think during the regular season with this group, my expectation is that this group is going to keep this team in games way more often than not and I think when you look throughout the league and you look throughout everybody else's rotation I don't know that everybody can really say that every day of the five I am confident we are going to get a good start and be kept in the game by our starting pitcher and I'm I'm feeling very confident in that especially uh just after one set of starts for most of these guys, and then obviously getting a second look at John Lester and you, Darvish. Mm-hmm. But you alluded to it, Brendan, and we are go- we are gonna talk about it. We're back. You know, we're we're it's it's almost time for Brendan and I to be in regular season form, just Buckle like the in. Chicago Cubs. Which means it's time to talk about Tyler Chatwood. The wild everybody. ride it is. Hop back on, buckle strap up. in, buckle go. up. Whatever you got to do, we're back on the Tyler Chatwood experience, yep. and this is year two, uh, version <laughs> 2.0, the beta, oh, and man. he was really good uh, the other day. He followed Jose Quintana with 
three innings. He allowed three hits, uh, no runs, no walks. Wait, what was no that? No walks. No, no what? Let me no walks. Let me repeat that. No walks. Zero walks. He didn't walk anybody, and three strikeouts. So, yeah. Look, right. <laughs> <laughs> he. We saw at times last year the flashes of why the Cubs were interested in signing this guy, why he was able to get uh, the contract that he was, and we talked a lot about, you know, what this guy was bringing to the table in terms of his pitch repertoire, the spin he's able to generate. He's got good velo on his fastball, and then it, you know, for a obviously a large portion of those starts was an absolute mess. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know if we ever like determined like it's a hundred percent the yips, if you will, uh, or what exactly was going on there, but this guy's got really good stuff. And, you know, I know there's definitely people listening who are like, oh man, they're not doing this we're again. Doing like it. we're not, we're, we're not it. doing this again. We are, we're doing it, <laughs> but I we are, care. we're not, listen, we have spared you guys. We have not mentioned Jason Hayward's swing one time on this podcast, uh, all off season, I don't think, or during spring training. It does look different, but, though, by the way. But let's <laughs> don't, 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 don't. We're not doing that. Um, but uh, Chadwood, we're going to talk about because what his role exactly will be obviously depends on whether he's able to stop walking literally every other hitter. Um, and, you know, coming close to setting major league records, like literally for walk rate and how often he was walking people. But this is another one where, you know, especially now that we are near the end of an off season where there were kind of all sorts of visions, Brendan, of what the Cubs were going to do, who they could add. Are they going to add, you know, big gigantic names and sort of drastically change things? Are gonna, they going to add those little pieces that fill in the cracks? Or are they going to go the route that they ultimately went and do basically nothing? Uh, but like we talk about with Darvish being healthy and being productive and at least being in a position to try and reach his ceiling, Tyler Chatwood is another one of those interesting names that you would look back on and say, you know, maybe the Cubs didn't do a lot in the way of additions this offseason, but Tyler Chatwood, not A, not being the pitcher that he was in 2018, but being any semblance close to the potential that is in that arm is quite interesting for this team, yeah. Brennan. And, and yeah. you know, with the five starters the Cubs have, it's difficult to figure exactly what his role would be. Um, but in a rotation where, you know, you do have guys that, you know, are coming off injury, you do have a couple of mid-30s left-handers and John Lester and Cole Hamels, having Tyler Chatwood to pair along with uh, Mike Montgomery in terms of guys who are able to have that length, go multiple innings at a time, fill in for a spot start if you, you know, someone needs a rest or is sick or something like that, throw in a sixth man if you want to lengthen the rotation just to give guys a breather one turn, you know, a month or something like that, whatever Joe Madden and Tommy Hanave may be thinking, very interesting, Brennan. Yeah. And, and I don't want to buy in too much right after just one start uh, or one outing, but these were three good innings. Well, he never had an outing that he did not walk one batter last year. 
Like, quite literally, every time he stepped on the mound, he walked at least one guy. So, of course, this is extremely encouraging. And it, it's hard to find a spot for Chatwood and where he belongs in a role. But, you know, you can't predict this season. And like you said, Corey, you have a mid-30s rotation. And there were talks before the rotation got injured at various points last year and the year before of going to a six-man rotation. And at least for Montgomery, he's already in his mind, and based on what he's being told, he's going to get around 20 starts this year probably, or that's what Montgomery said. So it's not crazy to think that Chatwood can't get 14 or 15 to 20 starts somewhere in that area as well. But that's going to be dependent on how he does, how he continues to own in on that command, and I think it's a positive first step because, again, He's pairing everything up that we've heard from the media, from Hadavi, and he's showing some translatable success. So he's not doing that drastic, uh, I don't know how to describe this, that glove tap before he kind of winds up, not doing that as much anymore. So that's one visible sign of, you know, an actual tangible successful adjustment. So if he can go in, and, and I said this on last podcast too, but if he can go into this year and just be kind of the same guy he was in Colorado, depend on that Cubs defense, which should be positive this year, depend on, you know, just going out there and, and not walking five batters per game, Right. he should be a valuable contributor. And for $13 million, that would be worth every dime, Corey. Yeah, and we saw last year, you know, you mentioned it just now, we saw last year that there were a lot of those games where he was bailed out from a worse line because he was able to generate so many ground And we balls. said that too. And, like, yeah. We said like, oh my God, how so is he doing plays. this? Wasn't, wasn't he on the mound that one start? I think it was against Pittsburgh or like where they had, I think, eight double no, plays. That was not him. That's Cole Hamels. That was Cole Hamels. That was Cole yeah. Hamels. You're right. But there were, there were, I mean, there were several starts early on in the year where I'm like messaging you like, how is he doing this? How right. is this even and, possible? And I just bring that up to point out that like he, it is in there. Like, th- that is one of the things that you look at when you look at Tyler Chatwood. You think this guy can generate a ton of ground balls. He's got a good ground ball rate. Yeah. And if you can just tidy up the other stuff, right, and yeah. by other stuff, I mean, again, like, literally, you know, being at kind of an all-time pace for how many guys you're letting on base for free. <laughs> uh, so it's not some small thing. But, again, you know, they're they're looking at this closely, and if it was just something of the yips and you know it, basically what i mean by that is he he just can't locate it. i don't it's think it is necessarily you think it's mechanical yeah i think it is mechanical i mean look at his wind up man like i'm no pitching coach but again i listen to what people say who are in the in the game and you match that to your own thoughts the dude has a very uh what's the word i'm looking for busy yeah, it's a very busy windup. Yeah. And so I think you, I mean, like, how have you said, hey, we're trying to limit the glove tapping? And Chatwood said, yeah, I'm sending Joe Madden videos throughout the offseason showing my progress. So in, in that respect, I do, I do think it's not the yips. I think it's predominantly driven by mechanics and which is a good thing, I think. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not necessarily sure of, of what it is. I was just offering the yips. Maybe it's both. Who knows? You know, it was obviously kind of an extreme, 
situation. Like, I don't think it's like so, a Rick and Keel type thing. Like, that's like that's <laughs> that mm-hmm. was the yips. Like, I don't think it's yeah. like that. Just because this dude's windup is so busy and it takes a lot of effort to get the ball to home plate, and I don't see that as much this year compared to last year. Yeah. So either way, again, something to really keep an eye on because again, you know, we have seen the value that Mike Montgomery has been able to provide to this team. And I know like Brendan in particular is one of those guys banging that drum for just how valuable and and good Mike Montgomery can be. But again, you know, the, the rotation I think looks very good and I'm looking forward to that being our situation every five days. Like for me, even just looking at that past week, like, and Joe said that this isn't necessarily how the rotation is going to line up uh, once we start. So we'll see. But looking at that rotation that first week, I mean, Brendan, like Jose Quintana in the five, <laughs> right? Like yeah. while he's, you know, trying to, uh, you know, get back to some of the, the, the higher successes that he has while he's deliberately working on adding that third pitch and focused on being a more diverse pitcher on the mound like Jose Quintana as the five I like it. I was excited looking at that and then like it turns right over to John Lester and you Darvish and Cole Hamels like I'm pumped up about it and and again like I think I've been you know more positive on the rotation since the beginning of the offseason than most um you know, because like I think there was a lot of debate whether they should pick up Hamill's option, whether they should be doing this or that. And I, again, this week has has really excited me on that. But but what I was getting to is if you can have guys like Mike Montgomery and Tyler Chatwood as potentially your six and seven, if you're looking at it in just a rotation depth perspective, yep. like that's a really good situation to be in. And we saw some of those other guys, you know, have to step up. Um, you know, Alec Mills comes to mind. Who, who was also and, interesting in his own right, right. too. Yeah. And, but if you can have, you know, those two guys being Mike Montgomery and Tyler Chatwood and those guys pitching well and, and pitching to their abilities, that is a, a good amount of depth. And again, you know, I think it, it's coming off of this offseason where the activity level for the Cubs was, I, I think, really to everyone, whether you wanted, you know, the big fish or not, I, I think you're probably surprised at how little the Cubs ended up doing and what they ended up adding. But I I, I don't know that we're really going to be questioning that as much, Brendan, if some of these guys, and this, you know, t- to their credit, obviously, is uh, what Theo and Jed have said about internal improvement, and we believe the talent is there, etc., uh, but I think in terms of just this 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 starting pitching depth, uh, it you know I think that those two guys being your next up, if they're able to look good, that's a strong group. And we've talked about before another area where you know maybe we expected them to add a little more. If Chatwood ends up in the bullpen and Montgomery ends up in the bullpen and they spend significant time there that helps the rest of the bullpen, right? You you yeah. obviously have a, a different set of guys there that can come in and provide shorter outings if you need them to, lengthier outings if you need them to clean up a mess, etc. And that takes some of the pressure off of guys like Steve Ciszek and maybe doesn't force him to be used every day. Like we saw him uh, kind of through the better part of 2018 and guys like Carl Edwards Jr. and Brandon Morrow, when he is able to come back and be healthy, it takes some of the pressure off these guys 
if you have guys like Montgomery and Chatwood pitching to their abilities in that bullpen. Um, so yeah, again, it's something to monitor. I, you know, with Chatwood, it's, I think for better or worse, a situation where he's kind of going to have to earn our trust uh, again as a fan base. You know, <laughs> I think two spring training outings, I don't know that we can uh, automatically pencil him in for a certain role or anything like that. But this is this is encouraging. And, and the last thing I want to say on Chatwood before I, I throw it back to you, Brendan, um, is I, I see a lot of it still um, where there's just, there's a lot of negativity uh, around this guy. And I didn't enjoy watching him in 2018. You didn't enjoy watching him in 2018, Brendan. But and and it's similar with you, Darvish. Like, these guys are on the Cubs. You don't have to think that they're going to win the Cy Young or that they're worth every penny they're paid or anything like that. But some of the commentary, like when the Cubs post something about either of these guys, is really, like, just so unnecessarily negative. It's like inhumane to a degree. It's like, geez. It, it, it's, it's strange, yeah. isn't it? And it's like, again, you don't have to buy in to everything that they're doing, but it really feels like certain people are like rooting against It's like against they revel them. in that. It's like, oh, yeah. yeah, he got his money. Now he's now he's not, you know, translating it. Like, like Chatwood throws three solid innings, doesn't walk anybody, three strikeouts, and, you know, half the comments are, oh, well, he'll walk 10 people next time. Ha ha. Yeah. And it's, I, I, I don't get it, man. Like they're on the Cubs. You know, Chatwood's got, I think, two more years here, in, including this one, obviously. And Darvish is here for five a few more, more years. Yeah. So, you know, for those of you out there that uh, were pissed off at these guys last year or whatever, like, you might want to get used to the idea of supporting them. Um, whether you think they're going to be the best pitchers in the league or not, uh, you should support them. And when they're doing good things, it's a positive step. It's it's baby Especially stuff. during training, spring training. We've got, yeah. Yeah, we've got three and a half weeks, basically, of, of these Cactus League exhibition games. Just take it a step at a time. If things are going well, great. And, you know, when we have to get back, you know, on to worrying or crit- critiquing, et cetera, then we'll do that. But it's just, and I know that's not the vast majority of Cub fans, but I, I you know, since we have the podcast, I just wanted to say, like, I we support these guys. We want them to do well, right? Yeah. So that's that's my diatribe on that. So you Darvish just left, left the game and this quote right now is probably going to win the best quote of spring training. Corey, I don't know if, if you Ooh. even saw this, but it was posted by, who is this? Tyler Kepner was posted 10 minutes ago. And Darvish said, I'm the best right now in my career. When asked why, he said, because I'm throwing 97, my slider was really good and my split was good too. That's the best stuff in my life, end quote. So we can end the podcast now. We can start the season tomorrow. Let's go. Yeah, right. Um, Brendan's going to run through a let's wall. Let's go. Right I'm now. ready, man. Like, that's, that's insane. And <laughs> the picture of him talking right now is the biggest, like, smirk on his face. I love it. Like, I, I am all in for you, Darvish. This year's going to be wild if he stays healthy. Um, but I, I want to transition, transition over to, uh, Wilson Contreras because when I was watching that game on Friday with, uh, I, for, I forgot who he was catching. I think it was actually Lester. So it was, it was yesterday I was watching it. And he looked better behind the dish, man. He really did. And I, I noticed it. I'm like, huh, he's, he's framing better. And there were a few pitches where Lester was throwing inside cutters to right-handers. 
And I remember like distinctly watching him and, and Ross catch Lester for a few years. Ross always had that like, like a backhanded type grab on those cutters. It almost looked as if his wrist never moved. It was weird. And Contreras was doing the same thing on Saturday. And so they, they asked him about that. And interestingly, Contreras said he got that from his brother. I think his name is William Contreras in the Brave system. You may know that. I, I, I'm forgetting his name right now. But Contreras said, and quote, it was a quarter turn. And he, he's talking about in reference to his younger brother. And he went on to continue to say, I used to stick my glove out all the way. Now I'm going to show the target. But I'm going to quarter turn a little bit. That way my hand gets relaxed and have a rhythm behind the plate. I was too stiff. He talked about that and he was right. He's referring to Borzello here. Borzello told me the same thing. You have to do something to get you in some kind of rhythm behind the plate. So again, go back and watch that Saturday outing with Lester on the mound because I'm telling you, there's a few pitches on those inside cutters where he looks better. There's a few outside cutters where he brings it up and he actually gets to strike there, which is something we never really saw last year that much. So for Contreras to even be an average receiver behind the dish, that would be huge. I mean, last year he was quite literally the second worst catcher defensively behind the plate. And that's considering his arm, which is probably one of the better arms in the league, and considering his blocking and just positional play as well. So all things considered, that framing really, really, really screwed him down. So if he can come back, you know, adjust, do this new quarter turn, whatever he's talking about here, that would be huge, Corey. And I'm excited to see him, you know, own that that weakness of his and address it and be open about it. Because if, again, if he can get that back to a league average value, it, it it it's very much of a cyclical thing. And what I mean by that is, okay, if he fixes that, maybe the starters can go a little bit deeper. And I think even Jordan Bastion was talking about this, and that protects the bullpen. The guys at the dish don't have to be as stressed out or behind. It has a very much of a consequential effect. So among you, Darvish, which is extremely encouraging, Wilson getting better behind the dish is also just as encouraging to me. Yeah, absolutely. We've we've talked about it a lot, and you know we've also talked about look like again. Again, I think any any conversation you know about pitch framing, it's silly. It's it's a silly thing that exists. Uh, you know the the convincing of the umpires and stuff like that. But it but, exists. It's reality, right? It's, it, it's the with. way baseball works. It's a skill that is necessary in this game, and you know we've talked about a lot. Like go and look at the way that. David Ross used to receive certain pitches that were on the edges and how soft his glove is and how easily he presents. We should make a gif of that, Corey. Like I'm saying it now because I'm going to I have, I think a lot. No, no, I'm saying that was probably back on like CubsRelated.com, honestly. Yeah, no, I'm saying we should make a gif comparing what I saw on Saturday to David Ross in the past. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a good idea. There were a few pitches that were identical, and I'm like, huh, that's extremely... And we know like Ross has been working with Contreras as well. Yeah, we've seen that. Yeah. There's a... I think... I don't know if we talked about it on here necessarily, but there's a good clip uh, of Wilson working on stuff, and you can hear... Ross in the background go, yes, Wilson, nice and quiet, love yeah. it, or, you know, or something like that. Yeah. So, um, but it's, it's good to see. I mean, really the, the, the main thing, honestly, that jumps out to me about, about that in particular is just that it's, it's, you can tell that it's a point of pride for Wilson to get better at this. And, you know, he may not necessarily be, uh, the best receiver in baseball, 
but you know that that he wants to be the best player he can. And you know, for Wilson, this is an interesting season. He's he's got a lot on his plate, and and he was I, in trade talks over this past off season, supposedly from a lot of yeah, uh, well respected. We did people. hear some of those rumors, yeah, yeah. but. I think just in particular, you know, coming off of a disappointing offensive season where we saw his numbers kind of plummet as the season went along and, you know, hearing about the the pitch framing stuff kind of all the time, the receiving, this is a, he's got a lot on his plate and and I I give him a lot of credit for being as strong as he is uh, personally, you know, that he is, he takes ownership of all of this stuff. He wants to be better. And he he talked, I think, earlier this week about, you know, he hears the doubt. He hears people that don't believe in him in certain respects. And I, I think his his phrase, you know, was, uh, you know, basically from the Bruno Mars song, uh, don't believe me, just watch. <laughs> like, I'm going to go out there and do it. Yeah. And and I'm going to be the person that I know I can be. And I, 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 I give him a lot of credit for that, and and I and I love him as a player, and you know, as a fan, like we are watching him. I, I got a lot of respect for him in that. Sure. He, he owns up to things that he needs to work on, and and again, we see him putting the work in, and uh, I think that that's a a big a big thing for him. And we've we've seen him put the charge into a couple balls uh, just in yeah, this spring slate, which is really good to hear. I think that first home run that he hit was such a brilliant noise. I, I can't remember if we talked about that on here yeah, or not, we did. Uh, but we got another one and it's it's so good to see him driving the ball. And I, I he had a good spring last year and, and I think the fatigue of how often he played, again, we pointed out a lot that he caught way more than anybody else uh, in the league and it's uh, a tough staff to catch. And obviously, you know, we don't know the the chili effect right uh i i would gather that that had a, a good bit to do with it as well um but there was a portion last year brendan like there was times where i would ask you do you remember the last time he hit the ball like with authority and it's like once in june <laughs> couldn't come up with it you know like we would be like honestly i don't know like i think he hit a double in the gap like maybe the other day but like i and and he's just one of those guys where he can smack the ball when yeah. he is going well. Like he is someone who you don't even have to open your eyes. And if he's going well, you can hear Wilson Contreras going well. So even just seeing that in spring training is exciting. And and again, I, I give Wilson credit for putting in the work. And, you know, we've heard Borzello talk about this too, the work that they put in. Uh, with the receiving. So I, I give him a lot of credit for that. He yeah. he is determined. He is, and you know, all these guys want to be the best. And, and, you know, I think it's, it's cliche maybe to suggest otherwise, but Wilson is just one of those guys where he is going to work himself to death in an effort to be the best catcher in this league. You know that that is his motivation. And he wants no question that when people say, you know, when Cardinal fans say, oh, Yachty Molina's better, that it's laughable that that's even a suggestion. That is Wilson Contreras's goal, to be so much better than everybody else that it's a joke to even suggest otherwise. And I'm excited to watch him, you know, keep going in his career and try to do that. Yeah, and when I get down to Arizona in a few weeks, I'm going to try to get there a little bit early, get there to the backfields around 10 a.m. and watch that preparation, watch him work with Ross. 
and I got those tickets through SeatGeek because getting tickets can be far too complicated. With hundreds of sites and varying levels of reliability, it's hard to know who to trust. That's why SeatGeek is the way to go. SeatGeek posts millions of tickets into one place, so you can easily find the seats you want for the price you're willing to pay. There's nothing quite like being there in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever. Make SeatGeek your go-to ticket source for everything from sports and concerts to comedy and theater. Again, I have the SeatGeek app on my phone. It's by far the easiest way I've found to shop for tickets. I got my tickets through SeatGeek for many Cubs games uh, in, in Mesa in two weeks. It took me five minutes, not even. Multiple games, five minutes. Best of all, our listeners, you guys get $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code CUBSRELATED today. That's promo code CUBSRELATED for $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. SeatGeek, life's an event. We have the tickets. And then just going off of what uh, Contreras was doing in terms of, you know, really being open and aware of the things he needs, needs to address, I'm getting the same vibe from Schwarber. And he was talking about getting back to almost like his rookie days and his college days. And what I mean by that is he's going back to a little bit more of a crouched stance. And when asked about that, Schwarber said, quote, it's something I did my whole life. I think it was just time to really get back to being simple and being me. Going out there and seeing the ball, hit ball, get in a crouch, put the foot down and go swing it, end quote. And, you know, this is a great piece by Sahadev on The Athletic, but he was talking about Schwarber getting to the field in that 2017 season, like six hours before game time, which you may think, oh, well, that's their job to get there to put in the work. But when you consider how much work he put in and how much work he did to change things, to be more upright to limit the movement, maybe that did mess with him psychologically. And I'm always reminded of Theo's quote about Schwarber before the before the 2017 season started, and he compared him to Big Poppy because both players at that time were very rhythmic, where they, yeah, they had a little bit more movement pre-pitch, but they were able to time it up all the time. And that's where Schwarber did. That's how he got to the bigs. And there were times in the past two years where he got away from that. And we saw it. Like, he used to go through these inconsistent stretches. And he's aware of that. He even said, I want to be more consistent this year. So that's going to be another thing to monitor. It wasn't on my radar to start the uh, spring training. But the fact that he's saying this consistently and we're seeing a little bit of, again, some success with him. I mean, Schwarber's walked six times already in his first 15 plate appearances. And he's hitting the ball hard. He had a few oppo hits. He had one that should have been a home run in a regular season park. That's good to see, Corey. And it's just, I don't know. This this spring training so far for the first three weeks has been so fun to watch just because we're getting back to the roots. We're getting back to the coaching roots in 2015 and 2016. A lot of the guys are being more aware of that. It's like everything that we can we were concerned about going into this offseason is being addressed, and I love that. I think with Schwarber, it's pretty simple. I mean, we just want the guy to slug, right? We just want him to be who he is and hit the piss out of the ball. (laughs) And I think that, you know, you want these guys to be as well-rounded as they can be, but I think there's there's just evidence in a lot of these guys that sometimes you just have to focus on what their, their main strength is, and you can't always get these guys to be perfect. You know, we would love everybody to have low K rates, high walk rates, hit, you know, uh, high slugging, high on base, 
high average too. And it's it's just not the way it works for everybody. So I think Schwarber's one of those guys. They've tried a lot over the years. Um, and, you know, I think in, in a general sense, I, I understood, you know, Chili Davis in particular's philosophy and, and wanting to use the whole field and go to the alleys more and stuff like that. But for some guys, and I think Schwarber's one of them, like he's got a good eye, he can get on base, and he hits the ball really, really hard. And I think you want him doing whatever he can to be hitting the ball as hard as he possibly can as often as he can. And I think you, you got to make sure that you're kind of staying out of the way in, in terms of that. So that's another thing to watch. You know, we, we have not had many games on TV. I think that game on March 2nd was like the first, that, that one was on WGN. Yeah. And that was like the first game. So, you know, we kind of are waiting for more opportunities to see some of these changes. But yeah, that's that's another thing to uh, keep an eye on. And again, you know, we keep saying this stuff, but it, it's true. And there is a reason that, you know, Theo and Jed were saying these things. And Kyle Schwarber, I think, represents uh, another, like we were talking about before, you know, the Cubs don't make in addition to their offense, a significant one, unless, look, if, if to the, the Daniel Descalso fan club that's listening out there, I, I apologize for not calling Watch him, him go a significant... off this year, like 500 plate appearances, 20 <laughs> yeah. homers, you'll be biting that. I, I apologize for, you know, uh, not referring to him as a significant addition, but hey. I think he will, hold on, I, I, can we talk about that for a second? Because he is going to get time. Like, Madden said. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm saying like, compared to Bryce Harper and Manny Machado. Well, for sure. For sure. You knew no, I know, I, I, I know um, what you want, but like, like, I, I don't know. He's going to play, gonna play oh, man. He's going to play. Oh, look, I don't, I'm not going to mention any names, but you know that Joe Madden is going to fall in love with Daniel Descalso like God, he did dude. a certain someone a couple of years ago. I swear to God, if he's bad And we're going to see Descalso leading off probably a good bit. Trust me, like you, you can tell a Joe Madden guy when when you see. At least one. he has There's more like, power, though. Like John Jay, I yeah. said his name. I like John Jay. Come on, I'm not going <laughs> to be that guy. But like, oh man, some some guys with no power in that leadoff spot just kills me. And yeah, I, look, Corey. He's but like, I was just going to say yeah. that I I think that Schwarber, you know, if you can really get him in a place where he again, like you know, other guys, is is pushing towards that ceiling but is able to just hit bombs and get on base at the rate he's capable of. Like that is a, a, if you can stick Kyle Schwarber confidently in the middle of that order on most days, you know, there's your significant addition right there. And, you know, you don't necessarily need to add anybody else. And, and if you can have Schwarber, a healthy Bryant, you know, Rizzo doing his thing, Javi playing at perhaps an MVP level again, you know, we'll, we'll see, but, like that's a a strong lineup, and I think again, you know, like they've said, that's what they're banking on. They're banking on like we have the guys. We just need to get it right with all of them. And I think, you know, seeing Schwarber going back to kind of his roots a little more, uh, good by me. Again, just like stay out of that guy's way and let him go back to putting the ball on top of the scoreboard. You know, like we've seen him do before. Yeah, man, that's what, really what it comes down to is even if Schwarber can have, and I think you said this, it was last season or the season before about Hayward, like if he has even 10 to 15 more hits, those numbers, are, which, you know, are still around league average, they go up dramatically, just an extra 10 to 15 hits. So if Schwarber can go out there and be more comfortable, 
maybe adapt against lefties and doing so because he's not so obsessed with his mechanics. I'm not saying he was obsessed, but you never know. You're, if you're focusing on making these changes consistently, that type of stuff does leach into your mind. And if he can go out there and just be the guy and slug, hit 35 homers and 550 plate appearances, that's going to be a huge boost. And again, comparing his DRC+, plus, his deserved runs created plus, to Javi Baez, Schwarber was better than Baez last year on purely exit velocity and launch angle alone. And that should have translated to more hits. It did not, but that's the way it is. But if he can go out there, again, 10 to 15 more hits, play league average defense, which by the way, last year he was above league average according to most metrics, that will be huge. So overall, this entire first week, nothing bad happened. <laughs> no injuries. Uh, <laughs> Carl Edwards Jr. even went out there and threw strikes, no walks. That That is probably the best week you can spell up for me, Corey. Again, no injuries from the rotation, not even that, but Darvish looks phenomenal. Chatwood looks very optimistic. Things are things are looking up. Yeah, to absolutely. And I mean, look, like I I it's this is something that could certainly be said for most teams in Major League Baseball, but it's obviously true for the Cubs. Like the Cubs have the guys to be very good. We know that. They they just won 95 games with Chris Bryant and Yu Darvish not being themselves and as good as they can be. And, you know, we've talked about a lot of these guys in this particular episode. And again, it, it may seem obvious to say like, well, if everybody's the best version of themselves, then <laughs> they'll be pretty good, right? Yeah. It's not necessarily a special insight. But, you know, we saw last year, like I just said, Chris Bryant and you Darvish were not. Carl Edwards was not for a large portion of that season. Wilson Contreras was not. You know, we've seen Kyle Schwarber. Chris Bryant the past was not. <laughs> Right, have spurts of not being as good as he as he can be, and and that, that that doesn't even necessarily mean guys reaching their ceiling, like Javi Baez playing at an MVP level. It just means, you know, not struggling with certain things that can kind of hold back their careers. Like Carl Edwards' walk rate is a, is a good example. Carl Edwards, you know, the, the Cubs don't necessarily need him to be the best reliever in baseball, but there's a big difference between a good Carl Edwards and what he is when his command is off. So I think you're, you're right on, Brendan, in saying that this was a very good week in terms of spring training and, you know, again, not to, to read too much into those, but you know, Wilson Contreras hitting the ball with authority, Carl Edwards Jr. having outings where he's not walking guys, looking good with his new delivery, you know, finding his his space and, and getting comfortable with that. Tyler Chatwood going out and being productive and not walking guys. You Darvish talking about feeling the best he's I ever mean, felt. Go. KB hitting bombs. I mean, what else like do you that want? is what you want to Hell see yeah. from this team. It, they, again, like you don't need everybody to be the best version just of be their normal self that's all i'm asking yes just their good productive yeah. yes and and hitting what those skills are and what your your big attributes are and being able to show those off and like carl edwards is a good example like again we've talked about he's got amazing stuff he's got an amazing fastball he can generate so many whiffs with that thing but that ability is hindered when he can't throw strikes yeah. And so that's all anybody's asking. Just let this guy be able to use that fastball without some massive hurdle in the way every time he goes out there. So this was 
a good week, you know, and again, you don't want to overreact too much to to spring training, but I think a lot of this stuff is not really much to do with the quality of their competition or the lack of these games counting or anything like that. I think a lot of this stuff is just physical and mental and just seeing these guys being able to do their thing out there. So yeah, this was a, it's a good week. A good yeah, week, put man. it down as a yeah. success. I mean, uh, yeah. again, nothing bad happened. So anything, anytime that happens in spring training, I'm, I'm fine with. Um, but that's that's all I really got. I think the one other thing to look for is Mike Montgomery. We haven't seen him yet, and that's because he's been still dealing with some shoulder issues. But he was talking to the media. He sounds optimistic. That he's going to get back out there in full strength very soon. And the other thing to look for outside of pitching is probably Jason Hayward. He's been dealing with some illness, some personal issues. And that's about it on my checklist. I mean, anything from your end, Corey, that I'm missing? I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, again, um, you know, just sort of keeping an eye on these guys and making sure everybody's healthy. Um that's that's really about it. Um Oh, I got I got one, yeah, like I got you one said. last note. One last note. Okay. Um the Friday game with uh Quintana and Chatwood, Duncan Robinson came into the game and uh, we mentioned him before but Duncan Robinson is first off 6 foot 6. He's huge. He's from Dartmouth, same school as Kyle Hendricks, and looked really good. Looked extremely good, actually. He threw 12 sliders in 17 pitches, which caught my eye. And I asked uh, the Cubs Prospects account, which I'm going to pull up the handle now, um, Cubs Prospects hyphen Brian Smith mentioned this, that he was working on adding that slider in more consistently last year. So I asked him, like, hey, is this normal? And it appears as if it's not normal. So I don't know if him throwing 12 sliders and 17 pitches is like a normal split for him. But he's a guy who's interesting because he doesn't throw really any balls. He has like a walk per nine around 1.5 every year. And so he could be slotting into that emergency type starting pitching role with Chatwood, with Montgomery. And to see someone go out there and have such a unique repertoire that that's cool to see. So I'm I'm also monitoring that going forward because he's going to be in the mix with Alzole and with Underwood as guys who are going to be on that bus from Iowa to Wrigley consistently. So that's that's one last piece I want to mention that I think is extremely encouraging. Yeah, for sure. And I, one other thing I want to point out: he did pitch in today's game as well and gave up a home okay. run. Okay. Uh, but <laughs> one other note I I just want to point at is I believe Dylan Maples has been out there three times this spring. He has not walked anybody yet. All right. So. He's another guy yeah. who, yeah, I mean, again, needless like, to say, <laughs> that's a major hurdle. Yeah. He, he, you know, similar to Chatwood in a sense, not to that severity, but similar in the sense that it really hinders almost to, you know, a non-starter degree his ability to be a useful major league pitcher uh, in terms of his command and his inability to stay in the strike zone and and avoid putting the world on base. Um, but we've talked about it a lot. The guy's got nasty stuff. Maybe one of the nastiest uh, breaking pitches. I yeah. always forget. Is it a slider, Brendan? It, it doesn't even... It breaks all There's pitch There's debate over what to yeah. call it. But if it's yeah, a slider, okay. if, even if it is a cutter, Corey, it's still one of the best sliders. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't matter. It doesn't right. matter. Whatever, Whatever it you is. want to call it. His thing. His thing. The thing that he His 91-mile-per-hour slider. Nasty. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it's absolutely nasty, knee-buckling, like, what was that type yeah. of pitch. And he's got major velo. And again, you know, they, they have these guys who can be very, very interesting for them. They're, you know, you, you definitely, uh, Maples is definitely one of those guys who, you know, a few spring training outings without walking someone does not an MLB pitcher make. Uh, but it's, it's, it's something to continue keeping an eye on. If they were able to work with him and they're able to, uh, get him in the strike zone more and avoid putting guys on base, he can be a a factor for this Cubs team in that bullpen. And again, like we said, with some of these other guys really take the pressure off of some of those guys we're expecting to be carrying uh, a big portion of this workload, uh, for the Cubs during this season. So yeah, I again, I am looking at the broadcast schedule and I believe the next game that is available unless you are out west, uh the Angels game on Tuesday is going to be broadcast on Angels television, so Brendan and I will be able to watch that uh, and we can tell you how things looked, uh, but at least that means, you know, you may be able to get some highlights and things like that. And uh, it looks like on March 10th, they will be back on WGN against the Brewers. So if you're kind of wondering when the next game, uh, you may be able to watch just on regular TV. Uh, that, I believe, is your next shot, which is really, uh, just as a quick aside at the end here, really stupid, Brendan. I mean, why do they make it so difficult for people to watch these games? People want to watch spring training games, Brendan, and they, and they, they don't put half of them on TV. I, I mean... Very silly, the MLB uh, sometimes, and in, in their broadcast rules and their blackouts and things like that, but uh, not my department, I guess, so I'll, I'll leave it at that. But I will say, I, I had the urge, Brendan, and we haven't talked about this. I'm kind of, uh, I'm ambushing Brendan here to a degree. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it, it's not that big a deal, but uh, I had the urge, you know, this week, especially uh, once Harper signed and, you know, we were seeing some of these Cubs starters getting after it um, yeah. to to get back on midweek and, and, and talk to talk more more than once a week. So uh, I have not confirmed this with Brendan, but I'm ready to get back in there and, and do two episodes a week. So uh, for me, I think we'll jump back on that this week is that amenable to you Brendan? Oh, that's that's uh that's a discussion for you off the air i think we i think we can do it though i mean we're getting back into the swing of things so yeah i mean it's spring training for us too we need it yeah so i i just think it's uh it's it's about time there's enough to talk about and uh so that's all just to say uh you guys can get ready for us to be in your lives which i know all of you are desperately hoping for uh more than once a week but I, I I think that's all we have for you guys uh, this week, uh, Brendan. We we didn't. Uh, do you have any final thoughts? Because I think this is it. This is the last chance. Do you have any last thoughts on Bryce Harper? No. Okay. I have I have one, yeah. I have one last thought actually. Okay. Uh, twenty five million per year is a joke. Like that's I cannot believe you got that. Um. Wow. So that I mean the 330 million of course is kind of what you pegged him at but over 13 years is so weird with no opt out so he clearly yeah. valued the long term commitment and despite the 13 years bringing down the 25 million annual average value 
that uh, it kind of I'm gonna be real. It kind of hurts. It does hurt that someone's only gonna be paying him twenty five million a year. Because mm-hmm. I mean, Hayward's gonna be paid twenty three a year. Um, so like that that exact contract, you'd be okay if the Cubs had done. I'd do it in a heartbeat. If you t- if you told me that Bryce Harper would be making twenty five million annual average value for over a decade last year, I would have thought you were crazy. Would have thought you were crazy. I thought at a minimum would be thirty five. So right. The CB or the the Players Association and MLB have been talking about revamping some things, but that is that is bizarre to me, um, especially given that Pools, who was basically what five years older than Harper was about a, almost a decade ago, signing the same deal for three less years. I mean, that's that's not right. That's weird to me. So, um. I'll leave it at that. It's a, it's a little disappointing that the Cubs couldn't go out there and do that. At the same time, I'm surprised other teams didn't do that, like Washington, mm-hmm. like the Dodgers, like the White Sox. I thought it was a mistake on their part as well. But that's what I get. That's what I have. I think 25 million is sure. a shocker. To be quite fair, it's a shocker. I get the 13 years, I get the commitment, but 25 million is a shocker for me, Corey. Yeah, I, I think I'm I'm right there with you. Um, I. You know, I think we were pretty clear on wanting the Cubs to be in on that and doing it. And, you know, I think, um, you know, I, I, I know what they mean, you know, like when Tom says that they've got a lot of guys that they're going to have to extend and all that stuff, uh, coming up. And, you know, the first thought when this happens was, all right, you better do it. Like, Chris Bryant better be a Cub for the rest of his life if, because this is what was used as the reason for not necessarily playing in this market. And again, I think we've talked a lot. I think Brendan and I are pretty clear on believing in this current group, believing that they are the best team in the NL Central and that, you know, a lot of the doom and gloom, oh my God, they're going to be worse than the Pirates talk was laughable, I think, at at best to the both of us. Um, But Bryce Harper's really good, and he wanted to play in Chicago, and it would have been an awful lot of fun watching Javi, Rizzo, KB, and Bryce Harper in that lineup. Uh, but they made the decision not to, and that's fine. Yeah. You know, uh, again, like I, I was interested in it, um, but it's fine. You know, this <laughs> is this is what they decided to do, and I, again, I'm glad he didn't go to the Dodgers. That, that, honestly, that, that was that my would have been a mess. Like. My first reaction was not one of disappointment when he signed. It was honestly, it was a relief that he did not go to the Dodgers. So if that says anything about the way this offseason has gone. It's it's that right there. So at the very least, he's not a Dodger. The Cubs yeah. will have to deal with him. You know, the Phillies will be good, but no better than what the Nats were the past few years. So it is. Look, it is what it is. Yeah. And again, like my thing is. You you best get some of these guys locked up. Yeah, please. Uh, I can't take because if if that's what we were saving money for, that's fine, right? Like I'm we're we're not going to sit here and say they have to spend four hundred million dollars on the payroll any year or anything like that. Yeah. But if 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 you're going to tell us that you know there's no more money in the baseball budget and we're looking at these things in the future as part of that reasoning. Then I, if KB is wearing a different uniform in four <laughs> years or whatever, like there's going to be a problem, Tom, like just getting that on record, like, and, and guys like Javi and Hendricks, et cetera, like there's, there needs to be some extension talk going on pretty shortly here. Uh, so 
that's that's basically the stance on it. It feels oh, like take a deep breath, Brim, and it's over. It's it's done. We don't have to talk about it anymore. Nobody has to listen to Bryce Harper, Manny Machado talk. They are uh, in different divisions. They're they're not you know the Cubs' immediate concern, and it's over. The saga is over. It's over. So that is uh, that's that. It's 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 been fun. No, it's it been hasn't. something. Uh, yeah, <laughs> no, no, it, it has hasn't. not um, been fun. No, it hasn't. Uh. But but yeah, as we sit in literally March. Brendan, uh, a topic that we've been talking about since, you know, the end of October, basically, is no more. So that's it, folks. Um, but yeah, I think that's I think that's all we have for you. It was a good week of, of Cubs baseball. I mean, unless you were, unless your happiness and feeling was directly tied to the Cubs getting one of those guys, um, this team is very good. They have a lot of talent. And right now in spring training, looking very good and i and i think uh you know we are full speed ahead as far as this uh cubs train is concerned so we're gonna keep on that you know we obviously uh got it spring training just keeps on rolling so uh we will uh keep an eye on all of this stuff and uh a lot of the stuff that we've talked about today and we're only about three and a half weeks until the cubs open in texas for the regular season debut and uh until then yeah it's just about getting everybody to texas in shape and healthy and ready to go for another uh fun season of chicago cubs baseball so brendan and i will talk uh i'm gonna convince him (laughs) that we're gonna start doing the two episodes a week now uh because i want to talk cubs on a regular basis now uh but regardless you guys know where to find us brendan is at cubs related on twitter i am at cf cubs related on twitter cubs related is the instagram handle you can also find uh both of our work different work but both of our work on uh the at real cubs insider handle uh at real cubs insider is also the instagram handle all of these things are on facebook you can email cubs insider directly if you need to get in touch with us there's a lot of ways uh if you have feedback questions comments concerns there are many a way to uh get in touch with us and we will do our best to be prompt about that uh and as always we'll we'll keep you posted of our thoughts and and scheduling issues uh if they arise on those platforms uh but other than that again as always we thank you guys for listening as we near the the regular season debut um you know i think that that sentiment is is maybe even stronger than usual just because it's it's a long off season and it's been an off season where the two main free agents didn't sign until mid-february and literally march um and we appreciate you guys, you know, sticking with us and, and listening to all of those off-season podcasts um, where Brendan and I are, you know, kind of just doing our best as to to find what's going on in, in, in Cubs world that uh, is good for discussion. So we, we appreciate you guys riding out the winter with us as we head into the regular season. And we're very excited to be covering another season of Cubs baseball uh, with you guys. Again, we've said this before, but it's really humbling to the both of us and amazing at the same time that uh this is i believe what our fourth season uh, Brendan, third, full one. third uh, full one yeah third full one fourth uh 
you know, season in general. The first one you guys might remember was 2016 when the Cubs they won, did the World win the World Series. Series. Yes, they did. Made yep. sure to get that yep. in at the end. Um, but it's it's amazing to be able to do this for as long with the the listener base that that we built up and we genuinely thank you guys a lot for uh giving us this platform to talk about the Chicago Cubs because it is uh something we all have in common we love the Cubs so again we thank you guys for that we thank you guys for the five star iTunes reviews and and feedback on that it it helps the podcast get a little more eyes on it um and as always you can find us on iTunes Spotify our heart radio Etc. And if uh, you're looking for us somewhere and don't see us, again, where I just mentioned uh, all those handles and places you can contact us, just let us know and and we'll do our best. Uh, but other than that, again, thank you guys for listening. And whether we are covering uh, games in Mesa or getting ready for opening day in Texas, go Cubs. Our homes today are like little cities full of different internetting boroughs, like the entertainment district in the living room or the virtual fitness center in the garage. And Xfinity Internet keeps it all running smoothly with reliable speed to power all your devices at once. You get coverage around town from the financial district home office to the spa. Xfinity Internet keeps your little city humming with reliable speed and coverage. Now that's simple, easy, awesome. Find great offers and value today from Xfinity. Go online or call 1-800-XFINITY to learn more. Restrictions apply. Keep all your entertainment options centered with Xfinity X1. Access live TV, Netflix, and now Hulu and Peacock. Ah, streaming zen. Now that's simple, easy, awesome. Xfinity X1 gives you the most complete entertainment experience with everything from live TV to your DVR to on-demand favorites and your streaming apps. Just use your voice remote to easily find what you want to watch. Go online or call 1-800-XFINITY today to learn more. Restrictions apply. Netflix, Hulu, and Peacock memberships required.